Hey everyone, it's Hannah Bayshuck with Shit You Should Probably Know, the podcast where we actually talk about the shit you're too embarrassed to admit you don't actually know. So today I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about understanding gender identity and pronouns. And to get started, I'm just going to let both of my amazing guests introduce themselves with their pronouns. Um, So I'm Hannah, she, her. I'm Mac Beta, and I use he, him pronouns. Hey, everyone. My name is Jonathan Guerrero-Ramirez, and my pronouns are he, him, and in. I want to say thank you for joining this conversation. Like I was saying earlier, like I feel almost like silly and ignorant for not knowing a lot of these questions I'm asking, which is the whole point of this podcast. But at the same time, like we were talking about earlier, like I pride myself on being an ally of the LGBTQ community. I pride myself on like, my parents are amazing. I was telling Mac, like I'm from Rome, Georgia. I grew up in a church where when one of our band leaders came out as gay, you know, some of our members left and I was 12 and that was really controversial. And my parents sat me down and they were like, we're not leaving because we love him. God and Jesus love, like they were very like, and by the way, we will love you no matter what you choose. And I was 12. So at the time I was like, really cool though, that I always knew that like from the get go, like that was a stance. But I think as I've gotten older, now I'm at a place where it's like, how do I be an ally? But also respectfully, right? Because then there's all these missing gaps. Like you're an ally, but then what? right? And like, we're not taught that in school, how to walk through this. So from y'all's experiences, working, being in this community, being in the community, but also working in the community, like what would your advice be for someone like me who's like, I'll attend Pride Parade? Like that doesn't feel like it's enough, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing. I mean, I'm from uh, Georgia too, a little small town, Waynesboro, Georgia, south of Augusta. But one, I just want to say that your parents are super awesome because as being from Georgia, um, I didn't hear like many stories like that. So super awesome. If your parents are listening, yay for them. We love them. We love a good ally parents. Like even in the South now, it's so wild that we're having these conversations. Here where I work and in my life, every day is pride. So and people always ask me, go, how can every day be pride? You're not wearing rainbows every day. I mean, that's not what I mean. But what I mean is that we celebrate pride in our own individual ways. And sometimes it's even just respecting people's identity and their pronouns. Now, for some folks, they don't feel comfortable sharing their pronouns, which I totally understand. And some people like they think it's awkward. It's a gay thing, but really it's not. It's a human thing. It's how we identify with people. Yeah. Mac, like what's your experience also with like, you know, growing up in Ohio and having to discover your pronouns? What was your experience with that? And how do you feel now when people ask you your pronouns and do you want them to? Yeah. So, you know, I'm female to male transgender. I didn't transition um, publicly until I was uh, 21, um, both socially and medically. But, um, you know, growing up, I was kind of, my family's great. They're super supportive of me now, but I didn't grow up in a place that had a lot of queer culture or out queer people. I didn't see queer people or trans people really represented on TV or in the media. And so even though I had, you know, wanted to be a boy since I was, you know, three and my earliest memories are praying to God that I'd wake up as a boy in the morning, um, you know, I didn't know the word transgender. So I was like, that's not possible for me to actually be male. And so when I went to college and learned like, oh, this is a thing, um, I did a lot of research. I did a lot of thought. I went to gender therapy and I'm like, oh my God, this is actually me. And it was really um, scary. I kind of went back and forth for like a year and a half of like, 
I'm afraid that if I come out to my friends and family, they're going to like disown me, not want to be friends with me. I'm afraid my job will fire me, you know, like all these things. Um, and so it was really scary to actually come to terms, but, um, what it's, you know, been the best thing I've ever done with my life is being authentic who I am. And it's so cool, uh, still like, you know, to hear people use he or say Mac and it transitioned like seven years ago. Um, or, you know, hear my brother call me his brother, you know, like that is just like such a cool thing. Um, and it just feels so right. Whereas before it didn't, um, that's kind of been like my experience of like growing up and how um, awesome it is when someone does respect my pronouns. Pronouns have so much power. And, but like, I even like this conversation is called understanding identity pronouns. And I still had hesitation, Mac, when I asked you what your pronouns were, like, why is that? You know, when I was telling you that I have this, I was a, with this girl the other day, she's younger, so sweet. And I wasn't sure what her pronouns were. And I asked her and I stumbled everywhere. And I'm like, why? Like, I just made this so awkward. Like, why? Do, and I was just trying to be respectful and kind and like, right. And she was like, yeah, totally. She, hers, my pronouns, whatever. I don't know. Like, how do we, do we just, do I just need to have more confidence when I'm asking? Like, and why would it be offensive? Right. I don't know. What's the, like, what's the, you know? Right. But it is such like a taboo thing. Just be, our culture has made it seem taboo, especially with all of the, like the anti-trans rhetoric and legislation that's going on the past few years. It's like, it feels like, you know, has a, you're hesitating to ask, even though like you would support their pronouns, but you're like, is this okay to ask? So it's totally normal. I think the way that you are feeling. Um, but I think that we just kind of need to like, kind of get into the habit of like feeling, you know, it's, it's like a habit that you form with anything, but like getting comfortable asking someone, cause it's not like a cringy or weird thing. If someone doesn't want to tell you their pronouns, you know, if you're being respectful, like, okay, that's cool. You don't have to tell me your pronouns, but you know, most people would really be fine and comfortable telling you their pronouns and appreciate, you know, you asking, especially if they're trans, you know, or non-binary, like they're like, oh my God, like you care about my pronouns. Like, this is so cool. I know that you are an ally and are supportive of me. So I think that like, even just, I, I mentioned earlier, like a way to kind of do it without even asking is just kind of introducing yourself. So like, if you're, it's mostly works when you're meeting someone for the first time, but like, oh, hi, I'm Mac. And I use he, him pronouns. And then usually someone will say, you know, hi, I'm Hannah. And I use she, her pronouns or something like that. That's why I tell people that it's more awkward when you assume something about somebody rather than just, you know, ask them. So instead of me assuming somebody's gender, um, I was asking like, hey, uh, what are your pronouns? Me as a cisgender guy, obviously you can tell that my voice is a little bit higher than most guys. Um, so anytime I had a drive through or I'm on the phone, I'm always misgendered. Um, me personally, I don't find it offensive. Um, but I know for some folks that can be very triggering. So we just live in a culture where now a lot of folks like will assume something. And I think as Southern Bells here, it's something that we're taught to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. But now, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of our kids are now being more respectful and asking rather than assuming. Yeah. Talking about like stereotypes and things like that. I mean, you know, these recent bills are not doing a good job of supporting all of the things I do feel like we are seeing in the media being pushed forward. Like, don't say gay bill in Florida. Laws banning gender-affirming care for transgender youth. Tennessee law signed to place strict limits on drag shows. Like, how how does that hit? To me, it's so disappointing and it's so sad. 
I definitely feel that frustration. Um, and really, like the people who are designing these bills, it doesn't impact them, but it impacts the youth. Um, as somebody who works with youth literally every single day, they don't see this, how it affects them. And a lot of these cases, it's not really an issue. Um, a lot of the folks will say, oh, well, kids shouldn't be exposed to drag. When has that become an issue? Really? Let's, let's talk about that. Because from my kids, the kids who come see me every day, my queer kids, they, they look at drag as an art form. Like they're like, wow, this person really has the courage to perform on stage. And here's me, my little introverted self can't even get up and introduce myself in front of class. Like they find confidence in drag. A lot of these don't say gay bills. Imagine a world where you can't even say, hey, um, this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend in school. Like, why are we doing these to these kids? A lot of our youth should not be worrying about this. They should be worried about what they're going to wear to prom. They should be worried about their exams. They should be worried about their projects, their uh, their college applications. But yet they're worried about these bills that is going to affect not only like their lives, but the lives of their other peers. Mac, I know you're pretty outspoken on social media about how to walk through being an ally and all of this. Like, what's what's your advice when you see things like this happening in the news? Very disheartening, you know, just seeing all of it because it doesn't only, I mean, it largely affects youth, especially the healthcare bills because kids that have been on like puberty blockers, for instance, like the laws are written that you will now have to go off puberty blockers and go through the wrong puberty and just let that happen. And then you're going to have to have these other procedures once you are an adult, you know, like I did. I, I had top surgery to feel comfortable in my own skin. If I would have had access to puberty blockers, I would have never grown a chest, you know, like, so there's like things like that. And then just like the hate in school, like a lot of teachers don't have to use, you know, the right names and pronouns and stuff. And then the drag bills, though, are really scary because they're also written in such a uh, vague way that it targets trans people. So like it's often written as like male impersonator or female impersonator, meaning that like they that means that someone could say I'm a male impersonator by existing like in the grocery store or, you know, out walking a dog, you know, like anything like that. So it's super, super scary thinking that my existence could be literally illegal um, and you know, and then also there's also been um, talk of the healthcare affecting adults as well. Like in Missouri, it, they took healthcare away from adults. So that's super scary that I couldn't be prescribed testosterone anymore at, you know, the snap of a finger. Um, so it, it is, it's terrifying. And it's like, I don't, it's hard to even give advice on like how to deal with it because it's yeah, like- and how to be an ally for it. It's like vote, I guess, like literally just comes down to voting. Like I, I was going to ask like, how do you be an ally for this? And it's like, I read my own question. And I thought, go to the polls, go to the polls thing is like, just right. I mean, it, it may seem like it's doing nothing at all, but like communicating with your lawmakers. So like you can look up like anti- LGBTQ bills like in your state or city or whatever. And it'll give you um, like, for instance, in Tennessee, we have the Tennessee Equality Project and they list out like very clear instructions. Like if you live in this county, these are your lawmakers. Here's their email address. Here's their address. Write them a letter. Here's their phone number. Call their office. And just like calling saying like, hey, please vote no on this bill or vote, you know, whatever this way. And then like voicing like, I don't agree with this because X, Y, Z. Um, that can be helpful. 
another thing that I've, I've been talking to a lot of people like my own age who, who have told me like that their parents are very, you know, they don't understand like, and they're for kind of the anti-trans legislation because they just don't understand it. And it's like, okay, well, one thing you can do is maybe like just talk with your parents and like educate people around you that may not fully understand the issues. Um, like getting a couple more votes just with your parents or, you know, a certain way is really, really good and helpful. And I think education just really changes minds and opens hearts, yeah. you know, too. As someone who can't vote uh, because of my current immigration status, I can't vote. Um, but what I do is I speak up for these youth. Um, I show up in spaces where I know my like presence and my voice. And that's my support is needed. This is it, it seems like we're always having this conversation because it's something that is now being brought up to light. Queer issues have been around for ages now. But the more we talk about them, the more it becomes a norm. Folks who don't know are going to be scared of something, right? Um, I mean, my parents, they didn't know how to raise a queer kid. So, of course, they were a little hesitant at first. But then, then we started, like, we had these conversations. Um, when, we have, when I have a parent who comes into our organization and they have questions, especially when the kid came out as trans or gay, a lot of them don't know about how to raise a queer kid. Um, but really the most important thing is like talk to your kid and really know what they need right now. Honestly, that is one of the best advocacy tips for like parents is if your kid comes out, ask them, okay, thank you. Affirm. Thank you so much for telling me, um, how can I best support you right now? Because one, they just told you their life right now. <laughs> and then two, um, ask them, what do they, what, what do you need? How can I best support you moving forward? Some kids might say, well, I want to start doing therapy. I want to start uh, get a chest binder. I want to uh, get trans tape or tuck kits. Whatever the case is, then you can start building those conversation pieces. Instead of saying like, oh, not my kid, not this family. Oh, first of all, my, you're talking about my, 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 my. You didn't talk about them because this is their life, not your life. Yeah, it's them. It's your, your job is to nurture, support, and respect what that journey looks like and like help guide it, right? You're like the bumper. Like, you're like, how do I help them stay, find their journey without falling into the gutter? And that's their journey, right? Um, just curious, like when we're talking about media and like other, you know, visibility, I know Dylan Mulvaney, who I love, I love to follow her, um, but she had a like that whole controversy with Bud Light, but the video that she posted saying, hey, I haven't been able to talk about this, but now I want to. And I think at the end of the day, like what I kind of got from it was not only like she was so positive, like seemed like she was in a really good headspace, but also she was, I think she was, seemed like she was the most disappointed in Bud Light. Like if you're, it felt like they were almost using this community to get ahead that it backfired. So they left. They just said, we're like, hey, we're just like abandoning ship. Right. So like Mac, I'm curious too, from your point of view as you know, someone who has transitioned and like is a part of that community in that sense, like how did you feel about that? They were definitely using her and it, by their response, it's clear that they were using her for profitability because they thought during, you know, Pride Month, we can, how can we, but their, their response to the whole, you know, all the hate that Bud Light was getting because they simply had association and a spokesperson that was trans was we never, it was something like we never meant to be a part of a conversation that divided people was like the head of Bud Light's response, basically saying, we're sorry that we ever associated with a trans person. Like, so sorry to all the trans folks that we did that. So like, that's like a, 
oh my God, a corporation as huge as Bud Light is literally making a statement that is, you know, on the, you know, very close to being transphobic. Um, and Dylan, she definitely took it all in stride. I mean, that's, I, the attitude is much to be commended, but yeah, it's definitely hard hit when a lot of these large corporations, like Target is another example with like their whole pride line and everything. Um, they pulled a lot of like their pride line, especially like a lot of their trans products and whatnot. They pulled from the stores. People were coming in bashing, you know, the displays or, you know, making videos saying boycott Target because they support trans people. And so uh, they pulled product, moved it to the back of the store, the stuff that they did keep. And one thing that a lot of folks don't know is that a lot of the primers from Target was from queer small businesses. So not only was it hurting our community, but it also hurt these small businesses that they had in their stores. Thank you so much for bringing this up because I literally have this conversation with like almost any partner that wants to partner with us. Um, as I really ask them, like, do you really mean this or are you just doing this for your marketing? Because if you're doing this for your marketing, let me just go and call the Oscars and get you an award for this performance. Our community is not your marketing campaign. If you really stand behind this, like you will be firm about this. It's so disheartening. And I'm like, what are y'all scared of? Like some profit loss, like a little bit of like, it'd be really badass if you just doubled down. You know, it's like, I'm I'm just so confused. And also, I think that's where I'm also like, God, these people who are complaining, they're just so loud. And it's like, it's the loudest. It doesn't mean they're the most powerful voice. It doesn't mean they're the majority voice. They're just the loudest voice. And like, how do you quiet that down by also being louder on the other side? And I think it's really strange that these corporations like, you know, it's like, stand up, grow some cojones. Like a lot of people say, oh, well, the quick me is just so extra. Are we being extra? Are you guys just not enough? Because at the end of the day, are y'all just scared because we are not afraid to be ourselves and you're just embarrassed that we have the courage now to stand up. I know. I also want to ask you, Mac, like when we're talking about these controversial things, you have such a entertaining, but also very educational TikTok where you've talked. I think one of the conversations that's been really insightful for me has been this bathroom gender identity, um, and how you kind of navigate that. I know in California, our college campuses or school campuses, I don't know if that's um, exclusive to college, but they say you use the bathroom accordance to your genetic identity. And um, so just curious from your point of view, how are you feeling about the stigma around that right now in the conversations? And then also how would you say for someone who is hesitant or someone who's like, wait, walk me through that. I just want to know the conversation. What would you say? Yes. So that's just, yeah. Another thing that's just makes everything so heavy right now is especially like in the South, there's a lot of uh, bills that are being passed or proposed that are saying that you must use the bathroom that aligns with the sex you were assigned at birth, meaning that I would have to use the public women's bathroom. Now, if I walked in right now to the public women's bathroom, there'd be much controversy. Everyone would read me. I pass it, you know, in my daily life, I'm 5'10". I have, you know, stubble, like I, I pass as male and that would be a huge issue. But if the law is saying that I must use the women's bathroom because that's what I was assigned at birth, like it doesn't make sense. And that's what a lot of people I don't think are understanding of like, if this is the law, this is what that actually means that, you know, trans men must use then the women's bathroom and trans 
women must use the men's bathroom. And that also puts a danger, like safety risk for, you know, especially women that would have to use the men's bathroom. Um, and it, it's really, really scary and disheartening, especially for kids at school. There's a lot of bullying around the bathrooms and can, does that can cause health issues. You know, the kids are not going to want to use the bathrooms at all. They could get beat up by other kids. There's this with locker rooms in schools. So, How are you navigating that personally? Is it something that you're, I know you're outspoken about it, but in your daily life, like, how are you mentally navigating that? How are you emotionally navigating that? So yeah, again, fortunately I pass in public, so I'm able to use the men's bathroom. But I mean, I remember even before I started testosterone and I didn't pass, I had a couple situations where people would be, like, I remember one time I was in the ga- a gas station in Florida one time and they, the, you know, attendant like called out like, you know, ma'am, that's the men's bathroom. What are you doing? Like, and there was like a bunch of people in the gas station and I was like, so freaked out. I just left because it was, you know, very scary. And I was like in the middle of nowhere, Florida, um, with all these scary people around. Um, so I, I am very thankful that I can pass now. Um, yeah, I just want to say like, Mac, I thank you so much for sharing that. Cause, um, I know for some folks, this could be something that's very, very triggering for folks. So I just want to say like, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, this is, this is like a really like kind of like conversation that also baffles me why we have this conversation is really an issue because at the end of the day girl if i gotta pee baby i gotta pee move over i'm gonna do my business i'm gonna wash my hands and dip out yeah this is so contradictory for me to say but it shouldn't be y'all's job to educate us right but we're sitting on this podcast because unfortunately no one else is educating us you know so i really appreciate y'all being open and honest and sharing everything that your personal experiences like walking me through this as someone who wants to be better wants to be a better ally a better advocate obviously showing up and voting which you know i have been doing but also like on a day to day it's like how do you change the conversation how do you normalize these things at the dinner table and that's where a lot of change does happen so Look, I really appreciate it. Is there anything I feel like I, I'm leaving out that you would tell somebody, I guess, at me as a stereotype, someone who, again, is an ally, but also, you know, is learning? Like, is there something you feel like I'm leaving out? Look, one day, like years from now, we're going to look back at this podcast. We're going to listen to it. And we're like, wow, I can't believe we're actually having these conversations. Like, ew, we were dinosaurs back then. Um, because the having these conversations is so meaningful because you don't know who's listening. You don't know who's watching. Uh, but us making like these little small things, it's making a big impact. Um to our community. So definitely, you know, thank you so much for having us and sharing this. I would just, yeah, encourage you to keep on, you know, being curious and asking questions and don't be afraid ever to, you know, ask pronouns. I think like as a trans person, I would appreciate, even if it's like someone that you've known them for a while, like, Hey, you know, what are your pronouns? I just want to make sure I had this conversation the other day about pronouns. Like, what are your pronouns? Like, I think that no one's going to be offended by that. Um, So yeah, I just appreciate you being willing to have this conversation. Well, this has been really validating for me of how to navigate this. And I really appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll be back here for more conversations. Thank you so much, guys. 
Per usual, the information shared on this podcast reflects my views or opinions or those of my guest and is presented as a general information only without guaranteeing its completeness. Nothing in this episode is intended to be or shall be construed as a statement of fact or any legal, medical, or other professional advice. Any reference to a specific product or entity is not an endorsement or recommendation unless expressly stated otherwise.